welcome to the Good Intent, Good Impact podcast, where every week we explore different concepts that help to dismantle white supremacy in American society. This week, we're focusing on the difference between debate and dialogue. Now, most people often tend to lean into debate because we have a lot of language around the word debate. So for example, that's a good healthy debate or we should have a a discussion and a debate about this public policy topic. We talk about debate frequently. And one of the things that's very important to understand about debate is that it is centered in winning. It's centered in getting someone to agree with you. In some cases, it's centered in getting someone to completely abandon their position and take your position. Thus, you quote unquote, win the argument. Now, in some cases, that's completely and totally fine to engage in debate um, and people can have healthy debates. However, I find that when we're talking about issues of social justice, um, having to do with race and ethnicity, for example, or gender and gender identity, debate tends not to serve us very well. These issues are incredibly complicated and it's not a zero-sum game. It's not really about winning. It's more so about listening to understand each other and getting to a place where we can all truly be liberated. I want to be clear that when I say listening to understand, I'm not talking about the feel-good, kumbaya, everybody-loves-each-other type of stuff. That is definitely not what I mean by this. Dialogue is, is tough. It can be incredibly difficult, especially when someone says something to you that makes you very upset, that you feel is racist or sexist or whatever the case may be. It can be really hard to stay in dialogue in those moments. However, if we're going to break down systems of oppression, we have to get to a place where we can, again, one, understand that the goal is not to win a zero-sum game. The goal is for everyone to embrace their humanity and the humanity of others through liberation. And two, dialogue is likely going to be our best way of getting there because if we can all establish that we have shared purpose and making sure that our humanity is people, no matter what our identities are, come first, we are able to start from a better place and really truly accept that we need to listen to one another to seek to understand as opposed to listening to respond. A good litmus test that I use for myself personally when I am engaged in dialogue around these difficult issues, especially when something upsets me, is I ask myself, am I formulating the response in my head to this person before they've even gotten done speaking? And if the answer to that question is yes, then at that point, I've shifted to more of a debate mindset because I'm already thinking of my rebuttal. I'm already thinking of how I'm going to make my point and win, as opposed to critically thinking about what the person in front of me is saying and trying to determine what I'm going to do with that information. So as you think about stepping into this arena of dialogue and shifting from a mindset of debate to dialogue, there are a couple of items that I'd like to share with you that I think will be helpful to you as you engage in these conversations with other people. The first is to speak from your own experience. 
sometimes we feel like we have to speak for everyone who identifies as us. This is especially true if you are a lonely only in a predominant space. So for example, if you're the only person of color in a predominantly white space, you feel like you end up speaking for all people who look like you, um, which is problematic um, for obvious reasons. One, it tokenizes you by having to do that. And two, people are not in a monolith. We are not all think the same or believe the same, even if we have some of the same identities. So it's important that when you go into dialogue, you're really speaking from your own experience, from your lived experience, um, and it's the best way to convey your point of view because you know what you were doing in that situation, and more importantly, you know how it made you feel and how it may have shifted your thinking as it relates to these issues that we talk about around race and ethnicity. The second tip that I like to give folks in dialogue is to use I statements. So this is definitely a big one that tends to um, make sure that dialogue stays on track. And if people forget this one, it can quickly derail dialogue into debate um, and be unproductive. So for example, you'll say things like, in my experience, I saw this, or this is how I felt when this happened. Trying to stay away from you statements. So you did this to me, you are a bad person, you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We want to try to stay away from that because when we focus on the you or the other person through you statements, it starts to feel like shaming and blaming. And that really does not help when it comes to trying to sustain dialogue. So focusing inward and reflecting introspectively inward tends to be a better methodology to use when having these difficult conversations, even when you're trying to talk to someone who's done something hurtful or problematic and you're trying to hold them accountable. And third, I want to give you the tool of thinking through challenging ideas and not attacking people. Again, this kind of goes with the last tip I just gave in terms of using I statements as opposed to you statements. But if someone says something to you that really upsets you or just doesn't make any sense, you want to start by asking, okay, that doesn't quite sit well with me. What do I need to know or what part of this thought process do I need to challenge in order to better understand what is going on for this person and try to find some synthesis between what I'm thinking and feeling and where they might be coming from. Um, so you might say something like, you know, I appreciate that perspective. I'm going to push back on that idea just a little bit and offer my thoughts. And then you can go into whatever thoughts you have or how you're feeling about what they said or, or challenging the thought process behind what they said. Again, challenging ideas is completely and totally acceptable. That's all part of the dialogic process and how we get to shared meaning and shared understanding about very complicated issues. But again, the minute we start attacking people, people flip from dialogue to debate mode and they have a tendency to want to shut down or they have a tendency to want to completely act out um, in the form of you know, yelling and screaming. And in some cases, people start to cry. And we've done videos on white fragility and white guilt. So I definitely encourage you to take a look at those if you have not already. So you can be prepared for some of the responses that people might have 
when the conversation's devolving in a negative direction, those things, when they start to happen, are, are generally speaking good cues that you need to recalibrate your discussion so you can get yourself back on track for a dialogue as opposed to a debate. Most recently, I was on the audio-only app Clubhouse, and I was actually moderating a room um, about some other rooms that I had been seeing on the app um, that were talking about this idea of wokeness. Um, And some folks in the United States on the conservative right have started to really uh, rail against this concept of wokeness, which is really another way of saying social justice uh, people or people who are oriented toward social justice and wanting to see change and equity in our society, long story short. And uh, a white identifying male was on the stage and he really felt like those of us who were advocating for things like critical race theory were really challenging white people to sit in a place of guilt and that we want white people to feel guilty so that we as black and brown people feel better about ourselves which was a very concerning, albeit interesting point of view for this individual to have. And as he was done speaking, and I could definitely hear the white rage in his voice, I mean, it was clearly there. I thanked him for sharing his perspective because I was on a stage where as a moderator, I wanted to open it up to different perspectives. I didn't want it to be an echo chamber. I wanted it to be a space where other folks from different ideologies can come on the stage and and engage in dialogue. I said to him, you know, I'm going to challenge you in this moment to listen, to understand and not respond. And I asked him to think on in the moment that you were expressing how you were feeling, were you trying to win the point or win in your mind what was a debate or were you really trying to listen, to understand those of us who have a different point of view than yourself Were you really trying to listen to understand really where we were coming from? Because at no point did any of us say anything about wanting white people to feel guilty about being white. That was never a part of the discussion. So I'm not entirely sure how he heard that or how he experienced that or how he interpreted that. But based on his comments, that's clearly what was going through his mind as he said that he felt as though we were trying to say that white people need to feel guilty for being white. And as I challenged him to do that, he completely failed this challenge. And instead of just sitting with my question and not needing to respond, he did the exact thing that I asked him not to do, which was respond and say, well, let me ask you a question then. Are you going to be able to ask yourself if you're trying to win or if you're trying to learn? And I said, I will take that under advisement. And after that, I didn't say anything else because I wanted to demonstrate to him that it is possible to sit with someone's question, to introspectively reflect on that question and not need to respond in the moment in order to really have meaningful dialogue that comes from a place of intention in what you say, how you say it, and really why you're saying it in order to get the point across for somebody else. For those of you looking to do additional work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, make sure to check out the additional podcasts, as well as the videos on YouTube under the Good Intent, Good Impact channel that has plenty of information that you can take back to your organizations as you do the work of racial equity. And remember, your good intention is not enough. When we are having these difficult conversations, we want to think about our impact 
And one of the key ways that we can be the most impactful is remembering that this is not a zero-sum game. We want to have constructive dialogue so that we can construct the world that we want to see together that is humane and equitable for everyone.